family! Welcome to another episode of the OdaFest podcast. Podcasts are still being recorded from home offices, and OdaFest is still planning community content, even if we can't be together physically. We hope you're staying indoors where it's safe, and maybe working on your creative projects in the meantime. Keep your eyes and ears peeled via our social media, where you can expect to hear about our upcoming events. It's me, Nancy, and I'm here with Angelo and Jay. Hello, I'm here with Nancy and Jay. I'm here with Nancy and Jay. Nancy and Jay. It's just Nancy and Jay. Just Nancy Wait, and Jay. I always knew that Nancy really bassy guy was a figment of my imagination, but now it's <laughs> No, you totally are Nancy, confirmed. he is Jay, Stupid, and I'm Nancy and Flanders. Jay now. It's like he's wearing nothing That's at how all. it works. Nothing at all. Just or maybe I'm Angelo. We'll just go with that for now. It's easier. Yeah. Mangelo or Pangelo. Ah. It is now, like, what, quarantine week, like, seven? I yeah, feel it's like. week seven. Um, how are you guys doing, like, mentally-wise? I'm uh, great. I'm as dumb as ever. <laughs> My sleep schedule is fucked, though. Bro, it's um, Is gone. that because you've been working, you've been picking up all kinds of shifts? Is that why, or is it more... Well, because I've been on things. vacation for the last week now. Oh, that's uh, glorious. I'm actually going back to regular day shifts on Saturday. Oh, dear. But this morning I woke up at like 6. Yesterday I so got out of bed out of t- at 10. The day before that's was 7 a.m. And I think that day I went to bed at like 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. And so much. it's not the worst that it could be, but it is No, all you're still waking up in the mornings. Yeah, Dio has actually been worse about it. She's been waking up anywhere from 11 p.m. Or 11 a.m., I should say, to Jesus. 1 p.m. I'm like 11 p.m. The, the first crap. time it happened, uh, it was around 12.30 where I was a little bit concerned. I went into the room just to make sure she was still breathing. I've always oh. I've always said this, though. Um, <laughs> she was my just tired. Thing, my favorite thing is to not have to wake up to an alarm on oh, a yeah. regular basis. Good. Whether you're like... like in my line of work, I do have some early mornings. Sometimes I do have to wake up to alarms. I don't love it. But um, on the times that where I get to start, like in the afternoon, for example, like 3 o'clock, 1 o'clock starts, whatever. Um, you know, I, I, my natural circadian rhythm is about 2 a.m. sleep time. Yeah, and then I get to wake up at uh, probably around like uh, 10, which is a pretty good time. And again, yeah. just, but not waking up to an alarm, not getting jarred to wake up is great. It's good. I also prefer waking up not to a jarring sound that is meant to wake you up. Mm-hmm. But I actually wake up um, to music. I uh, like I don't oh. I, like because I don't. Um, it's just like a okay, random wait, Spotify. Wait, any playlist. music? Yeah, it's just any like music? a it's just like a random Spotify playlist that I have that comes oh, off off nice. my phone. Because the other thing I've also learned um, from early years of like let's say school, for example, where I mm-hmm. had to you know wake up to an alarm, I end up hating that sound. Yeah, you know oh, what yeah. I mean. That's. I think we've had this discussion before. For me, I end up hating what do you like to wake up to? Yeah, but if I use a song that I don't know, if it's like, mm-hmm. and if it's instrumental in nature and it changes uh, on the daily that I use it, I don't have a sound that I start like associating with, like I waking hate. up. Yeah. So I used to use an alarm radio. Mm-hmm. So it would be like, you know, 95.9 or 96.9 or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever radio station of the era was. And that would be what turns on at like six or whatever. Sure. And I've had many, many times where dude starts talking or a lady starts talking or music is playing, and I dream that I am waking up and getting ready to go to school or work, mm-hmm. but I'm not. Mm-hmm. It's a dream. And then when, when I eventually do actually wake up, it is the weirdest thing. Oof. I've got it's to not, say... It's not a good wake-up experience. I, I have very... I dream every night, pretty much, but I almost never have work or school-related dreams. Yeah, but do you ever dream that you are getting out of bed? No. Dreams of mundane everyday life are like almost the only ones I have. No. What? Last night I can tell you that I dreamed about sort of like a zombie apocalypse kind of thing. Maybe that's like low key quarantine related. And then like hmm. uh, at one point we ended up in I don't like there wasn't a lot of people from like real world that I know in the dream, but like I ended up at like the Stampede Park. It was like empty 
and like we were walking through it and there was like a some kind of underground sewer system that we went through and there were zombies and it wasn't really a horror movie because well it's a horror movie for other people but i don't really have like fears like that so it was more just like a fun thing for me were the zombies actually chasing you Ah, uh, there wasn't like an active chase but there was like the the typical sort of you know creepy crawly kind of jump out at you at some point kind of you know uh, and then uh, it jumps out, I guess. and it's a velociraptor. Oh, because be you're an eight-year-old and you just watched Jurassic Park. I wish. I when I was a kid, had, that was the kind of dream I don't think I've ever had, had a dinosaur dream. I don't think I've ever had a dinosaur really? dream. Makes yeah. me sad now. For me, when I was a kid, it was always like either getting stalked by velociraptors, or they would attack me at night, or they would mm. break into the house. Things like that. But huh. I mean, that's pretty normal child who grew up on uh, Jurassic Park mm-hmm. sort of nightmares. Mm-hmm. And I've so, had dinosaur dreams where I get to like ride on one like a horse. I like I, I, It's, just, it's I my wish. mode of transportation type thing. Yeah, yeah I'd be great. Favorite dinosaur. Go. Oof. One favorite dinosaur. Only one. Parasaurolophus. A, a what? Really? A what? Uh, Parasaurolophus. I think that's how it's called. I haven't, I haven't thought of the name in like a decade. But that's what it's a... It's a Parasaurolophus. I think. Is it the one with is it the one with like the long curved big, head? Big or is it the one that hits things? And kind okay. of like a duck bill. Yes. Yeah, that's the one Paras- I was thinking of, yeah. the duck bill one. Yeah. Oh. That one's great. Do you bo- is that both wow. of your favorites? I can't believe I still remember that name. Huh? I, I'm I'm is that oh. both of your favorites? I mean, I don't really have a favorite dinosaur per se. Oh. But the fact that I remembered what a parasaurolophus, parasaurolophus, the fact that I remembered what that was was kind of amazing to me. Because I mean, I haven't been to Drumheller in forever. Oh, I've talked about this before, but like Drumheller is just so sad. Outside of the actual museum, it makes me so sad to go there. Yeah, parasaurolophus really is what it is. Okay, good. Yes, it is. You're right. I, (laughs) uh, Nancy doesn't have a favorite dinosaur. I do not have a favorite dinosaur mm. now. Why did you think I had one? I think Are most you people should have one. That I don't really. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to say T-Rex because that's very. Uh, I don't think there's I anything know. wrong with if it was T-Rex. But uh, it's not though. I it's don't just know. I don't Fair have enough. a favorite dinosaur. I used to love the Stegosaurus. Nancy, do you want a cool nice, one? Or I'll cool. give you a cool They're one to make cool. your new favorite. They're all cool. Hmm. Dimetrodon. Not a dinosaur. A dimetrodon. Ah, Jay, you ruined the spoiler for me. Get out of here. With that but dimetrodon is cool and is dinosaur aged. And no, it's cooled because of the fan on its back. Damn right it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and to my uh, understanding, they're actually more uh, related to alligators or something. Probably. Or common huh. lizards. Something like that. Uh, but I... they're not considered a dinosaur because of the way that their legs splay out. They're, they are a different branch of like mm. the reptilian family tree. I like allosauruses. Mm. Allosaurus. Uh, Allosaurus. Yes. They're just a they T-Rex like... with like little horns. They're like T-Rexes. Aww. They're like T-Rex, but they're smaller. But they also uh, were theorized to have worked in p- small groups like pairs or threes. So they were a little bit better about like group thinking, but uh, like pack hunting, uh, but also super vicious. Oh yeah, super cool. Hmm. Neat. I think everyone should have a favorite dinosaur. Maybe I should do some research. Never give up on your favorite things from a childhood. <laughs> I never gave up on voice acting. When did you? When did you decide to to voice act? Like, when when was that a concrete decision and not just like a oh maybe i could kind of thing uh in like an i can do something actively to contribute towards this as a career or as a one day i will do this like deciding as a child that one day i'm gonna do this Mm, sort of when you you made the commitment to do it because like for example, when you're a kid, you can like all kids will probably be like, "I want to be a firefighter," or "I want to be like you know like this or that." I want to be a bear. Right, but 
<laughs> that would totally be a trying. fire truck. Yeah, but like, but like, there's the difference between like I want and I will become. Like, I I'm going to take the steps forward from this point on. When did um, when did that happen? I would say that ever since I was very very little, I've always been very drawn towards things like sound design and like the way tv shows sound and the way movies sound and video games too obviously um there's actually a really funny moment just this weekend on saturday we started watching babylon 5 and i recognized exactly where certain sound effects were from oh from like episode three or two or something of like the very first season of babylon 5 it was a really interesting moment uh, at some point, they're, like, in a docking bay, and there's a very metallic uh, sound of, like, a robot arm moving around, and I immediately knew that is the same sound they use in Reboot. <laughs> anyway, so that kind of dovetails right into the list of things I've been doing and finishing off of my backlog list, right. but I'm going to answer Jay's question first. So, ever since I was very young, I have always loved sound design and like the sound of things mm -hmm. i think voice acting as an actual career and like a thing that i could do wasn't something that really hit me till probably late junior high kind of high school because that was when i had some friends who were like they were uh you know they were models or right, they right. were they also worked at like an animation studio here in town right. or they were in theater something like theater. that so that wasn't really a thought I had until probably right. around then. That's As for cool. actually taking steps to get into the career, probably university. Fair enough. I related like I'm I'm I would say that I have like an artistic streak, but I'm not specifically audio geared. Like um like I like music and I can play some instruments, but I'm not specifically like deep into it but i would say that in a similar vein nancy i've always wanted to do sound foley work hmm. so being a foley artist is a lot of fun mm -hmm. i've never specifically tried it but like i have friends who who do mm -hmm. obviously and like obviously sometimes they tell you the funniest <laughs> stories right i think that the only thing is that i worry about is like how repetitive it might become like if I ever tried to explore it, because I feel like, you know, you'll have robot sound A.3 uh, or A-3, and then you got to compare that against robot sound B-7 and, and, and choose which one will be the best for this scene and for this, you know. And that's the only thing that kind of like, I don't really know if I want to be a part of that, but I would like to make noises <laughs> and record them. <laughs> Yes. You can come on the stream with me and Bayfar and make noises for us. I, I feel I like the most noises. interesting thing about folly artistry is uh, mm -hmm. as like a layman, you might be like, yes, they they try to recreate the sounds of life uh, just doing the same thing. And it's like, no, mm -hmm. no, they want, they go crazy with certain sounds that they just take a bunch of weird stuff and smash it all together and that's well, how you get your footsteps. If we if we can like quickly go back to what we just talked about, like dinosaurs, like the stuff mm -hmm. that they mix in order to get sort of like the T Rex roar. The T Rex roar is like a combination of like a hippopotamus and like a lion and some other stuff. Like, it, but like you have to you have to realize that you're about to make like this iconic, iconic piece of work, and like you know it it. it if you have this big T Rex, and I mean, like, sure, you can amazing. think of animal sounds, but yeah, you can also be like, okay, but I also want the sound of like nails on a chalkboard in there. With mm -hmm. uh, uh, what does it sound like if you drag a chair across like uh, a, a a dirty kitchen tape? Right. Kitchen if you floor? if you don't yes. do it, if yes, you don't I need do a little bit right. of that sound in there. If and you don't do it the right, thing it about just, it. like it's it, just, it messes up it's the got whole thing. Weird stuff in in yeah. certain sounds, and that's just awesome. 
Yeah, and like I have friends who um, they're independent filmmakers, and there's there's gonna be a lot of like action scenes where you have to make things like impact noises, and right. like you're gonna have to go to the store and buy a couple of stalks of celery, like whole stalks of celery, and smack them together and make it sound like you just beamed someone in the head type thing. Mm-hmm. There's always but a good I'm also old, gonna like... mention this because I think this is a really interesting. Uh, I'm not totally sure if this is an old wives' tale slash urban myth or whatever, but the MGM roaring lion at the beginning of the old films. I think it's a tiger. That's not a lion. Yeah, that's a tiger. It's it's something else. I don't remember if it's a tiger or a panther or something, but it's not a lion. I don't think it's a panther. Panthers have a really high pitched. uh, I'm almost certain it's a tiger. Um, Same thing with uh, the bald eagle screech that you usually hear. That's usually from a red tailed hawk. Uh, was it a hawk or a falcon? No, it should be a red-tailed hawk. It's very fam- okay. It's a very common one. So, so yeah, like things like that where it's like this iconic, like you say, sound that's associated with like mm-hmm. the MGM lion that roars at the beginning of a film. Mm-hmm. It's not actually a lion. No. Yeah. Right. So and that's just things great. like that are. You've been lied to. It, your entire cinematic you history, you've been lied to. How do you feel about that? And it's like great because honestly, it works. That's what the yeah. audience wants. <laughs> it's like know? explosions yeah. in movies. Real life is never like that. And no. thank God, because if explosions in real life were as common as explosions in movies, I mean, the, my computer would explode every time I turned it on, and then I'd have to replace it. Yeah. Or you'd but just you'd be have dead. To dramatically walk away from it while it Walk happens. away from the exploding PC. Without looking at it. To memory express to buy new PC parts. <laughs> And I walk in, it's like, hey, yeah, my exploding module went out again. I need a new one of those. Are you ever going to get that laptop at this point? I believe pre-orders were available for for one of the sub-models, but I I don't think they're... Like, I I believe I saw the pre-order page go up on Memex, and then it just disappeared. Mm -hmm. So I'm not not totally sure what's going on there. Mm Um, but no, technically, no. I'm waiting on all that flight and hotel money to come back from my canceled concert, so. I'm waiting Maybe for... Maybe that's all back. I'm waiting for, uh, like, so the government, when you go to, like, the CRA website, when I was filing taxes, because oh, that's shit, what... I still have to do that. Because, what? You've had this nothing, much time, nothing. you fool. I know. I know. Shh, it's fine. Uh, I will do it after this the, podcast. On the CRA website... There's like this little subsection that lets you check if you have any checks from the government that have gone uncashed. That were unclaimed? Yes, unredeemed. Yeah. And it turns out mm-hmm. that I have about like a, co- a couple of hundred bucks that have gone nice. unredeemed. And I, but I submitted it like way before, like in January, before anything happened. And I haven't gotten anything back. So I don't know if it's just like slow processing or if I did no. it wrong. Or... Uh, I actually did the same thing. Yeah. I got things, I, I want to say I submitted them uh, at the beginning of March or very late February, and I uh-huh. got things back in the middle of March. Uh, they just came, they reprinted them as checks, and they sent them to me. Oh. So wow. you had to make sure that uh, whatever address the really CRA nice. had was your current address. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't uh, be, that shouldn't be an issue, but I'll double and check. even though I had uh, automatic deposit set up. They, they did have way. to send it back as check because I guess the check had already been written at some point or another. So I don't know how that mm. works. Uh, Weird. I actually got one later in the day and or at a later time in the week. So eight of them I've already cashed. And, eight? Why the hell did you have so many? I had nine yeah. in total. Here's one. And it's only Holy worth $23. Someone's so I haven't bothered going to the notch. bank for this one. But the rest of them were worth $800. Yeah, why don't you just mobile deposit them, okay? I don't yeah, think my app has use, that. Use the app? I don't think my uh, bank has who are, that. Who are you with? Service Credit Union. Oh. Well. On one hand, you're with a credit union, which is usually pretty good for customers. On the other hand, you don't you miss out on services and you miss out on um, sort of what do you call it? Convenience. Specific convenience. Lending privileges. Yes. Yeah. There's there's big conveniences with being with bigger banks, and there's some conveniences being what with credit you, unions, and I really just don't care. What do you do? Uh, like with, when it comes to ATMs, if you just want to withdraw cash, uh, the easiest way is to go to a actual 
credit union branch and oh. use their ATMs. You can mm. just use any other ATM, but then, but then the you're ATM fees. Get yeah. You're getting like a two dollar and fifty cent fee or whatever from their ATM. I'm getting a two dollar and fifty cent fee on the bank end for using the ATM, and it's like, ah. I see. So, all right. Well, that sounds like more than anything. I, I just like never use cash. Time. Yeah, I'm in oh. that boat too. I usually don't use cash. I don't like to carry cash. Uh, like I think I the last time I handled cash was uh, Christmas cards. The only time I the <laughs> only time I actively have cash is when I'm traveling. But even then, I'll use my travel visa as well, so I don't really need yeah. it. But it's nice. It's nicer Speaking... to have cash when you're traveling. Speaking of Christmas cards, I just got in my mailbox on I think Friday night a a return to sender that had failed. So someone had sent someone who used to live here a Christmas card, Aww. like back in early December. It had been returned to the sender, and it failed being returned to the sender, so they sent it back here. Do you know your seller? Uh, no. Oh. And and they haven't lived here in a very long time, so it's it's not going to be possible to give this back. Weird. Don't open and it. It's, it's illegal. April. It's April. But Just it's still there. illegal. This is a card. It's still illegal. Oh yeah, I didn't open it. No, I didn't open it. But like, I just kind of looked at it and I was like, "This was postmarked." Even like, if early it might December. contain five thousand dollars, don't open it. Don't do it. I mean, open I it and destroy the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can have this money. Throw it on the barbecue. No one, not even me. Yeah. Uh, um. I, so anyway. Yeah. Uh. You were you were gonna say? Before, I know there's something you want to get into, Nancy, but before you do, because mm -hmm. it's, it's just sort of related. Something that I've been getting into, but not in the way that you have, uh, is I've been wanting to get back into retro gaming. Ooh. I've been looking at... What layer of retro gaming? Uh, everything from the Game Boy up to the DS. Not the 3DS. The Just Game Boy to the, the DS. DS, yeah. So basically, I have the a entire fond spot in my heart yeah, for the DS. The Nintendo handheld library is, in my opinion, the greatest gaming library there is. So all of on. the Game Boy games I loved. The DS. I'm going to reiterate something Jay's mentioned yeah. before. He doesn't like to rewatch or replay things he's already watched or played before. I don't. So are you? Okay, so you're intending to, I'm going to say, play stuff that you've never played. I'm going to play some stuff that I've never played, but I will play uh -huh. some stuff that I have played before only because there has been so much time. Like, we're talking at least 10 years of time between, between... having played it the last time, so I don't mind mm -hmm. it nearly as much. When I think about replaying or rewatching something, I mean within like a five-year span. I don't really like mm. doing that. But over a time mm. where like I have clearly not played this in a long time or watched this in a long time, and I don't mind anymore because uh, simply put, my long-term memory is not the uh, greatest with details. So it'll be like I'm doing it new again, which is kind of nice. But then I'll also mm, get like a yeah. low tinge of, of nostalgia. I get that hit still because I'm like, yeah, I was here. I remember this. I still I remember enjoying this, but it's still sort of new. You know, I kind of miss you know Spinach Vision, the first Game Boy. I miss that. <laughs> oh, I, that. I understand what you mean. Yeah, that weird, slightly green tinge. My first yeah. Game Boy was the Game Boy Pocket, and it was actually oh. proper grayscale instead of the green scale. Yes, yes, the uh, greeny. Yeah, but it was great. I I really loved the Game Boy Pocket. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. the Game Boy Color felt like wasted potential to me. Like it was yeah. clearly color, and it, it was really nice, didn't though. do anything much better. It was nice though. Like it was, it was, it, it was just a marginally better Game Boy. Right, but I mean, in the same way that, like, remember, like you know, the none Game of us Boy are Advance none of us are was a game are, changer though. Are old enough to remember, but like a old black and white CRT TV wasn't that much more uh, worse than a color C uh, old CRT. You know what I mean? Or it wasn't. I, was this, I yeah, had it was a black CRT. and white CRT for a while. Yeah. 
like the, the the in terms of like image fidelity it wasn't like amazing it was just the idea that you could finally see things as with more detail colored or not yeah yeah because I remember my elementary school had uh, screens that were green only. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so green only, and then wait, actual were TV screens, lucky. or were these like computer? No, no, monitors? these were com- these were computer okay. monitors. Right. So like green only, and if you were really lucky, you got the one in the corner that was orange. Hey, I had one of the orange ones. Except not exactly. at school. We never had the monochrome oh. displays at school. This was later on when I was getting into computers, and I was just getting all my like family and friends to give me their garbage shit so I could work with whatever I had. And at one point mm-hmm. in time, I plugged in a monochrome monitor. I didn't realize it was monochrome and it just gave me this bright orange display. That's hilarious. Uh-huh. And I was like, what? And it was the, it was the windows XP, uh, background desktop desktop that I was at with this orange display. Wow. And I was like, well, what's this contrast knob do? Does that make it look better? And I, it wasn't a contrast knob. <laughs> it was just. Bright. It was a color knob. What? There's a color knob. So on one of it things? wasn't just monochrome. It was any color, but just one at a time. It was essentially oh, that's still monochrome. It's essentially like a a, a mask <laughs> or a, or a filter. That's silly. I'm though. not really? sure exactly how it worked, but. That's what it was. It was a monochrome display so cool. that could be any color in the spectrum that this wheel supported. I'm like, but I, I'm, only one at a time. Like maybe well, it's just it was me, monochrome. but I think that's really interesting. Like I, I like it's still it's sort of silly if you look at it from a modern perspective. But I think it was. I like the idea. I like the it idea. Was cool. I, I see where it's very cool. coming from for it, and I, I can really appreciate how sort of basic that that solution was, quote unquote. Well, it's like but a I lot of really fun. A lot of early video games mm-hmm. had a monochrome display, but then there'd be a color insert that you put in front of the screen to right. get different colors on screen, and that was just the way that certain games were back then. It was it was neat, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was just such a weird experience. It was great. Uh, 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 Nancy, you wanted to like you you finally finished a bunch of stuff, right? Yeah, so I've mentioned in previous episodes that I have a weird backlog of mostly things I haven't played or seen, but also a handful of things that I've already played or seen. And last week we wrapped up all 10 seasons of Adventure Time. Nice. Uh, Caught up on the most latest season of Doctor Who. Okay. That's a lot. Started. Ooh, okay, keep started going. Babylon Five. <laughs> uh, did you watch the first four first? Hold hold on. Jay wants to say something. No, I I just Bayfar came in here and gave me food, so that was great. But I also uh, I was also gonna Bayfar say Bayfar like, delivered this time. Yes. Uh, we do not plug him though. <laughs> uh, uh, what was I gonna say? You you Doctor Who. I thought about yeah. watching Doctor Who recently yes. to catch up because I left around the Matt Smith. No, no, no. I watched a little bit of Peter Capaldi, but I found that the writing just wasn't good, unfortunately. And I thought, which made me sad because I really think Peter Capaldi is a great actor. And I think he was going to be really good as the doctor. But I think the writing, mm-hmm. the scripting was just bad in the end, unfortunately. I don't know how you actually feel about that. I haven't caught up. I haven't I haven't watched anything with, uh, what's her name? Jodie... Jody. Uh, Jody starts with an F. It's I not think. Whitaker. Is, is it Jody Whitaker? Uh, I think it's Jody. Is it not Jody Whitaker? It might be Whitaker. Or Jody Foster. I can't remember her name. Fa- no, I think it is Whitaker. I'm sorry if it's wrong to all the Doctor Who fans. Um, but I so I've noticed yeah, a couple of things about the Lady Doctor. Uh-huh. Um, they do touch on like it's it's obviously a time travel sci-fi mm-hmm. fun show like it's for fun mostly Ugh, for fun um how dare they have fun. disgusting um i've noticed though that they've they've been quite quite prominently featuring um historical events i i don't want to give anything away at all, so I'm just sure. not going to mention specifically which ones, right. but like the historical events they've chosen to highlight in their episodes, mm-hmm. I feel, are very tied to things like uh, the current human rights 
movements that are still going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, things like the proliferation of technology and the important individuals behind it. Um, lots of politi- like right, political right. things like partition. So I've, I've kind of noticed when I compare it back to when I first got into it, which was like the Eccleston era. Right that they're really highlighting, like, actual historical events on Earth, and they're being very heavy-handed with, like, the whole, guys, guys, fucking message, listen! And it's not a bad thing. Do you... Because, in my opinion, a lot of audiences kind of just want this sort of stuff spoon-fed to them. But I just... uh, So maybe it's the way that you explain it versus how it's actually presented. I'm not really certain, obviously. But it does sound like they're going for really heavy-handed political correctness sort of no angle. more like commentary political, political commentary. commentary sorry yeah, col- yeah. No, yeah you're you're right i use the wrong term but it's just like i wonder if that's because they also have a female doctor for the first time and they're sort of really pushing sort of rights issues related i do to wonder history. about that like that exact point right um and i don't know and i kind of would frankly, hope that i not. don't Almost. Yeah, frankly, I don't really care because, regardless, the episodes are quite good. That's good. Uh, and um, I'm I'm really enjoying it because when they told me there was going to be a thirteenth, I was like, "Wait, what?" Right. Uh, and I know they explained it right at the very end of Capaldi's yeah. era, but still. Right. I I I've, I haven't really watched, but I've just sort of read on it every now and then. I'm like, I can see where they're going. I probably won't get back into it. What I have got back into, though. Is I'm mm-hmm. re I'm uh, not rewatching. I almost said rewatching, and that would be a mistake. Uh, <laughs> I am catching up on One Piece. I was about 125 episodes away from where they are now. Wow! Which is hold on. Hmm. How many episodes total is it? Like 930 right now. 935 Jesus. maybe. I so was going to say a high what? number, and I would have been 300 off. I was about I was, say, I was yeah. at about a hundred. But... I was about a uh, eight hundred and ten or so, give or take. Jesus. So I've caught up to. I'm about. I'm at about nine hundred and five right now. I think I'm close. It's pretty good Damn. right now. Like it. How long has it been that you've like over how many days have you blitzed through this? Oh, like four so far. Jesus. I took I took some time off as well. Like not really time off, but I just didn't take any shifts for a little bit cuz uh just I have another stuff going on. I was like, eh, I don't need to work right now, but I do work still." <laughs> um so yeah, like I I'd be watching some episodes, blitz through cuz they're they're actually quite short. Like the actual episode content, not including opening and ending and re- some of the recap that they might show sometimes. Do you skip I skip I, I skip a lot of the intro and stuff because there's just so much. Yeah, of it. do you like now skip, that I think about you know, it throughout the episode? No, you know in the later seasons of Dragon Ball Z, how they yeah. would do an episode recap from the previous episode, and they would sp- spend like five minutes on the recap of the last episode. Yeah, they does, would. They, does, uh, One Piece does, does One a Piece little do bit that? of that. They oh, they no. do a little bit of that, but only when they've sort of completed a mini arc within the arc itself. So they want to do a quick recap. But then the ep- the actual episode That's content acceptable. is only about fifteen minutes, so it's a it's fairly short, but it is kind of nice because it does you can just knock out episodes pretty quickly as long as you know when, uh, like I know the the opening song takes about two and a half minutes. So wait, what? Jump out past that? Yeah, that's a uh, long. They basically song. they basically play a whole song, but you have what to remember fuck? one piece. One and is, a half minutes. Is you long. understand though? One piece is considered to be like. In terms of like, uh, let's say gaming or something like that, it's a triple A title. They put like the songs they have are custom songs. They're not just uh, they like they approach somebody and be like, oh, can we use a part of your song to be in our anime? No, like they are custom songs with like uh, 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 and, and they intend to play the whole song. And you know, like they do really nice animation for it now. Like um, they took they got the the Dragon Ball Z Super. Uh, or Dragon Ball Super, I guess, uh, animation director and one of the Dragon Ball Super animate, uh, not animation director, like story director or series directors, and they've joined the One Piece cast and they have done really well. Like honestly, I'm super excited to watch sort of this new arc right now that's happening. 
Um, the, the last arc that I just finished um, that was going on for like 140 episodes or something heavy like that oh, was geez. a bit was it was it was okay but it it did drag on in in a few ways like it could have been shorter by about 20 episodes and you wouldn't have noticed an arc that was 100 episodes dragged on yes yikes who would have thought but overall yikes. the quality is not bad is the thing like and coming into this new arc there's a lot of high hopes and i think it only dragged really on for a little bit you mean hey when your when your whole series is longer than most animes <laughs> if, or sorry, if 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 that one arc is longer than most anime, how many episodes right? for one arc? So you have to keep the quality fairly decent, or else you will God. you will start losing people. You know. I mean, yes. Uh, here's the other. No, no, no. Here's the thing. You're you're about to be like, oh, it's so long, and there's so much shit. What else do you have to do? There's you have so I much mean, time. Have, you might as well find something so that you can games. really invest. I your guess. Time into. Uh, I guess. It's a good I mean, series. Okay, so... It's a good series. It will make you cry. It will make you happy. I actually It'll have make... not watched any anime from the current season yet. Wow. Uh, I have sort of a list of things I might want to sort of superficially watch in the background, right. but nothing I want to fully invest like full attention to. Like, there's one that's basically JoJo Steel Ball Run mixed with Wacky Races, and... That one sounds fine. I'm gonna. <laughs> none try of those, none eventually. of those sounds you just made from your mouth made any sense cognitively <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> you were like, I heard you say JoJo, and then you said Flareon Run, Steel Ball Run. Yeah, and I was like, uh-huh. and then Wacky Races. Yeah, uh-huh. Wacky Races. Wacky Races was great. Do you guys not uh, remember that? Huh. I don't think I've ever seen I... whatever. Oh, it was an old. Uh, it was an old mishmash of Hanna-Barbera cartoons. So you'd have people like the Flintstones or... I, I don't think the Flintstones were ever on there. Uh, <laughs> you've had, you'd have the Flintstones, except okay. not the Flintstones. Uh, Jetsons? Jetsons, Borsh, Borsh and Natasha, I think, from uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. From Rocky and Bullwinkle? I should just Yo, look this up. Oh, I love Rocky and Bullwinkle. That's the thing I'd be willing to rewatch right now. Is just like a, re- a retro, a so retro ca- cartoon. Maybe they were mostly yeah. uh, original characters. Do not steal. So I do kind of want to watch uh, a reboot again. But and I know, like a little great. while ago, people people suggested watching uh, Last Airbender. Oh, I might actually watch Avatar for the first time. I've never watched more than like two episodes because I just couldn't get into it for some reason but i hear I it's so good fully endorse this let's netflix party that shit we should i also okay i also feel like i should have watched tiger king but i don't really want to support like i know it's sort of like animal abusive and i don't i have that. no yeah. desire to actually see tiger king but yeah. i enjoy the memes I that come out of it yeah i'm it's in that described I'm in that. to me as such a hot mess yeah like there's no one that I really want to cheer for. I think maybe people are gonna be like Joe Exotic, but at the end of the day, like I, I think it's just a bunch of people have been getting tattoos of Joe Exotic, and yeah. it's just like, what I, are I, these I, people doing? I mostly worry about like the actual welfare of the animals, you know? Yeah, so. and I, I have a very weak stomach for animal abuse, so it just gets me mm. like angry. So exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, other things I finished in the last week. Yeah. The Final Fantasy Thirteen series is done. We're finally can shelve it. Finally, uh, Sean has made the incredible decision to try and resume playing FF Ten Two that I still kind of sort of deny in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Three, I think, is the next PlayStation game on my list. Dio really liked Kingdom Hearts Three. Oh yeah, I got um, I this isn't this is sort of related to my retro game thing, but um, one of my favorite Final Fantasies, like top three Final Fantasy game, is Final Fantasy Tactics, and mm. Tactics talking... or the PlayStation Tactics, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. and um, there's a game on Steam called Fell Seal Arbiter's Mark, which is not related to Final Fantasy. It's not by like Square or anything, but they basically made another tactics RPG. And nice. it it was like uh maybe like thirty five bucks and I was like thinking about getting it literally yesterday it went on sale for some reason down to eleven bucks and I was like yeah easy done easy Purchase. I'm super looking forward to playing that as a new game um I I I I haven't been buying anything new 
games wise in a little bit here so i am sort of uh that one was something i was just looking forward to you know but i'm also do you ever feel like oh. you need to mentally prepare yourself before you embark on like a journey through a game no uh yes because i play i play games like a completionist does at least on the first round like, like the I, like, most prep the most prep that i do for a game is pouring a glass of water like 200 hours you know into a game on the first run you kind of need to know what you're gonna go through and what you're gonna do and how you're gonna plan how you play and how you want like what ending you might want to go for and all that kind of stuff you know what i mean i start mmos by just installing it and just jumping right in without reading the instruction book yeah i like to play games without being terribly prepared for it so like my level of mental preparation is making the decision to play the game and then there's, it's colored a little bit by whatever brief background that I know about it, like what, what kind of genre, what kind of right. general gameplay style it is. And that's enough. If, if I'm okay with that decision, I just sort of get into it. And I like going in blind. I don't like having too much of it spoiled for me or too much of the strategy shared or explained. I just want to see if I can figure it out. And obviously if I can't, and I'm just like struggling mm -hmm. clearly i'll go looking for being like when am i playing this wrong usually the answer is yes mm -hmm. i don't ever go the spoiler route but i do like to mm -hmm. as i game like let's say i'll be playing like you know i get home from work maybe i'll play an hour or two of a game that i've been working on and then after mm -hmm. i've completed like a section or something i like to go online then and maybe like either go on wikipedia or some respective resource page for the game and read up more about the area that I just beat. Oh. So that I have so if you, a good understanding. If you found out you missed something crucial, would you go back? That's very rare. Depends rarely how ever far happens back. Because I'm, 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 I'm fairly thorough with games. Thorough, you say. That's the, but that's why I also told you that I was having a hell of a with like Stardew Valley because it's an open, it's very open. And then that means like mm -hmm. I sort of have to, in a game like Create Stardew. your own goals. Exactly. But you, you also don't have to worry about like hitting that many milestones or anything like that but i'm just like the thing that struggle uh, that i struggle with the most is literally the aesthetic of my farm like how and where <laughs> where i'm gonna plant a tree matters to me and i don't mean just like i want to have a tree there i mean like it has to be this plot of land not the plot of land beside it or above it or behind it it has to be that one because it's going to look good there and I can access it whenever I need to, if I need to, if it's like a crop or whatever. That's the kind of stuff I get into. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. But Angelo, do you like to go back if you miss something like really crucial in a game? I hate backtracking in games, which is weird since one of my favorite games ever uh encourages backtracking to high hell it's backtracking the really? simulator <laughs> well, it's like my favorite Walking one of my favorite games favorite, tales of symphonia uh -huh. such a oh, good game i love that game never played and a tales game generally it it's very good about just letting you go wherever you want almost right. whenever uh to the point where there are multiple ways if you go left on the world map you completely change the order of events for the first half of the game. Uh, hmm. And there are so many secrets. And extra things. And extra bosses. If you do backtrack in the game. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know about these. Until about my third or fourth playthrough of it. You know what game. I really need to sit down. And just figure out. Or, or even just give up. And say I need a guide for this. Hmm. Long live the queen. Oh. Because, I, it. I haven't played it. Because oh. I have had endings where she dies from chocolate because she's an idiot. Right. Yes. And then I've oh, also no. had games uh, where she dies as like a tyrant who's paranoid. So you haven't been able to make it through the game yet? No. Okay. And the thing is, is that the, it, it already introduces you so many paths of divergence on like your very first My day. My strat as, is... Go full military, full on military, full on magical girl, and just make sure that you have like some points into decoration. You need like 60 or 75 points in decoration. 
Jesus Christ. Because well, anyway, that, those that's decoration going on points my backlog, I guess. help you get the last boss or the last thing done. See, I don't even think I've actually encountered like a, a boss per se. I, yeah. So anyway, I yeah. guess that's going back. Long live the queen is. It's really fun. It's <laughs> it is fun, but it also gets repetitive <laughs> right. when you're not sure which choices you've made already or not. There are different ways to win. Uh, apparently, there are like non ways that don't involve murdering everything in front of you with with magical tactic nukes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if I want to, uh, then you just. Make sure that you have all your points in military with magical girl and decoration. I uh, hey. <laughs> going back to that whole thing about like sort of replaying things and like how detail oriented you might become. That's just how I like to play. How I like like big games, games that I know that have like an expansive storyline, um, or like you're expected to be pouring forty or fifty hours into the storyline itself. I'm also very happy to be playing like very short form games like Valorant. Um, we talked about it at the end of last uh, last podcast. Like, it's easy to pick up. You jump into a game. You, uh, you know, play around for twenty five minutes or something like that, and that's pretty. All much it. yesterday, I could jump into a game of Valorant. That's because it hates you. Because... I just I would start the game and I would get this launch error, and I would go to their support site, and nothing on their website said anything about the launch error. And so I started Googling things and I restart uninstalling the game by just first uninstalling Valorant, then having to delete the services. Then I could uninstall the fucking Vanguard anti-cheat software. And then I could restart my computer, reinstall everything, restart it again. And it would give me the same error. And I would be like, what the hell? And then I would start going back to the internet. And eventually a Reddit post said, yeah, for some reason, Gigabyte motherboard utilities are having a bad time with Valorant. And so I uninstall all my motherboard utilities from the OEM. And then I can finally fucking play again. See, this is what... But you're not listening to me. I told you, the game just hates you. Why couldn't you just accept that and just not... So that's my Valorant. <laughs> oh! Terrible. I see but I played a there. game and it was fun today. Except the enemy team was really being really salty and... and just, Toxic? Yeah. Toxicity, not very sportsmanlike. Toxicity, right. in, even in closed beta. They were even though. winning. And they were just like... Being we're bad, we're bad people. We're bad winners. I can't believe you're so bad at video games that we're winning. There's always people like that. Like, I I, I mean, it's one thing to get, like, I get salty, but not because of other people, like, uh, other players. It's me, like, knowing I missed a shot that I can make on the regular. And it's like, why did I do that? How did I shoot? I, like, earlier today, I was playing before the podcast. I jumped into a firefight where there was a guy right in front of me, like maybe like two meters away. I shot two sh- two shots directly to the left of his face. <laughs> and then he killed me. And I was like, I Aww. had him. I had him. But I didn't. And that's yeah. why I get salty. Not because of anything like, you know, like people want to fuck around and do stupid shit. I'm like, Whatever, but it, it is nice to like jump into a custom lobby though, because then you can fuck around and like um, set up when like you a can knife get a fight. game with a bunch of friends. No, you set up good. like knife fights, man. Knife fight tournaments. That's <laughs> that's that's a lot more fun than sort of you know all the. Serious, I wonder if there will ever be surf maps. Maybe. Probably not. Possibly, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. Valorant will never beat uh, Counter Strike. In that regard, where you can have custom servers with a whole bunch of custom mods and just fun, fun, stupid stuff. I can only foresee a future for Valorant in like the sort of, you know, casual slash like like casual competitive and yeah. competitive mode. Like you, you're never going to have a ra- like like uh, in old counter. You're never going to have mods. like prop hunt or exactly uh, or, or any of those um, like gun game. There used to be a Unless World of, a World of Warcraft mod. It it. World of Warcraft mod was great. You could Zombie choose a, mods. Yeah, you could choose a race, and you could choose like gun game. Uh, you know, like skills and stuff. You could be a night elf. That meant you could go invisible for like five seconds. That was oh, fun stuff. right! I remember these actually. Yeah, those were. Great. I remember a few of those uh, servers back in one point six. Yeah, so they'll never they'll never replicate that. No, they won't. But Valorant is hmm. okay, fun in its own way. I just hope it doesn't get too toxic. But it will. I really hope it doesn't. 
I'm staying out of this closed beta until things calm down and and maybe I'll I'll perhaps dip a toe into it one day, but it's starting to sound like the toxic community is already taking over. I mean, it's made by the same but people as League of Legends. Yeah, and not only that, game, you've got so. the Counter-Strike community, the Overwatch community, and the League of Legends community. And the... All and, and, uh, descending. The, no, no. And, and uh, uh, oh my god, I can't remember the name of the game because I never played it. You know that one that's like PUBG, but it's like for kids and it's free? Oh, right, Fortnite. 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 Yeah, the Fortnite uh, community. Absolutely. All of them descending on this yeah. one game, expecting it to be like the next coming. Man, I'm and... old. Hey, whatever. And it's you, just like So you guys want to talk about a really weird experience. Okay. Do you want to hear a really a really um odd side story of voice acting? Sure. We'll end on this. Okay, we'll so... end on this. So you make it good. Make oh, it the shit. best story you've be ever told. One, Peer pressure. Clutch best story, kick. the best Clutch story kick. you have ever told. So you guys know how uh I've I'm often typecast as the sweet character because what? I have a higher voice. Yeah, you know that. You knew that. Anyway, I actually I've, don't I've know the character's joked, voice, so don't Rude. worry about it, Angelo. But I have often joked with people where it's like, you know, it'd be fun if I got cast as a bad guy for once. That would just be nice mm-hmm. and fun. And um, at an opportunity last week to do a table read of a screenplay so someone has written a screenplay it was a very excellent script i really enjoyed it and it tells a an a coming out story but it's also a coming uh what's it called coming of age the the story of growing up as a kid coming of age Coming of age, thank you. So it's a coming of age, but it's also a coming out story. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of coming, got it. Uh, gotcha. Lude. Perfect. I didn't that know that uh, you point. were voicing those kind of anime. <laughs> so um, it is a screenplay, so it's meant to be like an actual movie. And uh, obviously main character, you know, faces people who are homophobic, sure. transphobic, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And... The the slurs that are used in the script are very accurate. They are slurs that people use when they are homophobic pieces of shit. Oh boy, you had to channel your inner 4chan. I have never, ever in my whole life said any of these really horrible things out loud before or in this tone. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even make jokes out of this stuff. I refuse to say these words. You're a good person. But now I've had to read a script where I've had to actually say it. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying it in a very, like, intentionally hurtful manner. And it was just, it is, it those is a danger of being an actor. Karens. I get it. <laughs> those Karens. Those fucking yeah. Karens. But um, I, I realize and I recognize that this is one of those, uh, it's just part of the job. You're you're hired to read a part. It is not who you are, and it doesn't represent who you are. But it's just when when you're forced to say these really really awful things, like things that you would never ever think to say to anyone, mm-hmm. ever. It was just a really weird. Like also, it was a very sad story. So just it had a really weird effect on me for the next you know couple of days mm-hmm. where. It was just this really odd dissociative guilt mm. and this kind of depressiveness. Right. And people don't talk about this exactly. Like, especially when it comes to voice actors, I don't think people really ever talk about that. People usually talk about what a great, excellent villain you make or uh, oh, this is the scene that you did with so right. it was so excellently done. It was, uh, and um, people don't often talk about how doing this is like a challenge to your character right. as a person. I, uh, th- this really reminds me of a small anecdote that I read from, um, you know, Django Unchained, the movie? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you yeah. have Leonardo DiCaprio, and he's like a slave master and yep. slave trader and all that. And um, he uses very period-appropriate language let's say, for slaves mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. In, in Southern America. and But during actual, like, filming and, and you know, like, run-throughs, he, he, he was uncomfortable with saying that 
so often and so with so much like meaning behind it right like acting like you know like you are this and and that kind of thing right but the way that another uh well samuel jackson's also in that movie so when mm-hmm. leonardo dicaprio was like i'm uncomfortable with saying the n-word this much like this is not like like it's it's not it's not who he is and and there's all the same sort of moral problems that you had with it and samuel jackson basically just said i we know that it's not you but you have to understand that this is this is the time this is the place to be saying it because that's how it was said and this is for black people in this time this is just how it was man like it sucks but it's true yeah Yeah. but it's like that's just the role Mm -hmm. it's just that i knew that there were gonna be times where people were gonna be offering you know uncomfortable things for you to say right and like for different people it's the different types of uncomfortable like some people i know don't like uh swearing they don't want to be like that's just not how they want to brand themselves and they're not comfortable with paid work where they they curse Mm -hmm. that's fine i don't have an issue with it personally so i'm okay but like just just you know with our background as part of Odafest, as, you know, part of an organization that has had so much support in our, just like our years of operating. Yeah, we, we support a diverse you know. community and we're very proud of that. Exactly. We, are, we don't, we don't just, just support you know, a diverse community. We are a diverse community. And and being a part of that and then also, you, you feel know, like you're you turning your back. Yeah, you're, you're turning your back on those values, right? It doesn't feel so much like you're turning your back on it, but it kind of feels like you're wearing a skin that's not yours yeah. and it's uncomfortable. Right. It's you, like wearing and... a sign that says, we'll say N-word for money. <laughs> yeah. Or or like that one anime right. series right now about that guy who has a superpower where he turns into a mascot. And then oh, there's, there's the love interest who just wants to get inside that mascot, like, flesh suit yes are you do you feel like that affects your performance do you feel like some Um, like somebody who let's say has your skill set is in your profession could be up for the role but they don't have that compulsion uh to to hold back from saying certain words or phrases that are hurtful because for whatever reason do you feel like you lose out professionally to somebody like that um so first of all i will say that if i take on a role i will read it to the best of my ability Mm -hmm. there was no holding back and that's that's probably a really big contribution to why it feels so extra terrible afterwards Mm. because when you yell horrible homophobic slurs very loudly Mm -hmm. it's different than you just muttering it and you know just reading through the lines Mm. So what? So yeah. what I'm really so, getting from all of this is that you're professionally a bad person. <laughs> I I am professionally. You will be a villain for a money. Terrible yeah. person. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just a very like very odd experience, and I think compounded with uh, the social distancing right. and all that stuff, it just it made it take much longer for me to get that out of my system. Right, because you can't just brush it away as easily if you just went out and got bubble tea or something right well i can't i can't like you know i can't call you guys up and be like you guys want to go for bubble tea i really need to get a load off. i had bubble tea for the first right. time in months yesterday i just could not i was like right. i me need and dio started tea. making uh tapioca pearls oh we made nice. a double batch last time and nice. from all the rolling of pearls manually she never wants to make another batch ever again sounds good that's Yikes! Um, I, I still have a giant tub of lychee jelly that I've been slowly chipping away at. Do you? Do you? I really don't. I've had enough. <laughs> I've, I'm never doing it again. Hi, Dio. Never. <laughs> uh, no. I definitely would rather just order it every time. I don't care enough fair. about having it in my house. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. So in. <laughs> anyway, um, to to really answer your question, I don't think that professionally I lose out because you can always find someone who's willing to say bad things mm-hmm. for money. And uh, you're the one of them. The only line oh, that oh, I won't, <laughs> the only line I won't cross is uh, doing political work. Okay, political as in what way? I, 
Like if I had to do a voiceover supporting and endorsing oh, like uh, that. a party that I don't, I personally right. very strongly disagree but with. what if it was a, a series where you were someone who was like a controversial figure in a controversial political period, such as like, what if you were contracted to play like Eva Brown? Well, then that... that's a role. Yeah. But that the, is a characterization of okay, a historical Okay, but you're just saying you don't, you don't want your, you don't want your voice... As Ava Braun. Yeah, you don't want your voice to be sort of the voice of this political party or this political ideology. But you're okay with a role that sort of historically has this kind of prominence and association. Yes. Okay. Cool. Anything else <laughs> add to, to add to that? Or are we pretty much good to go? Have a good one. Thanks for listening. Angelo signing out. <laughs>